Welcome to That Cartoon Podcast, where we discuss only the best, highest quality, prime cut animated films. We are your hosts, I'm Kyle Frazier. And I'm Tejinder Singh. And welcome everyone to our bonus episode. Um, I'm Tej, in case you guys don't listen to the intro. And I... And <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at a prop that I brought for today. Yes, I, I brought that. a prop to a podcast. I love that. A, a, a podcast that most people will probably only listen to, you brought a prop. Yep, I'm really excited about it too. <laughs> so today we decided to do something um, kind of spur of the moment just because of the things that are happening right now. And that makes my, my way of introducing this make it sound way more important than it actually is. We watched Batman Year One. Yep. The things that are happening right now being there's a new Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Batman Year One. So this is a 2000, I think, 11 animated movie um, based on a, a, a comic book slash graphic novel by, I think this was by Frank Miller, wasn't it? It most definitely was. Oh, if only that was more visible. <laughs> there we go. Frank Miller, one of the you know greats in Batman comics and graphic novels, and I comics in general for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think I I can't think of. I mean, he did Daredevil too, didn't he? Yeah. But all he, I can he had really a really good Daredevil of, run. All I can really think of when I think of Frank Miller is Daredevil and. Batman. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with a lot of his other stuff. I think he did do other things, but yeah, those are the two. Oh, I'm sure he did. He's he's definitely known for. He like revolutionized the Batman story in two different ways, both at the beginning of Batman's career and the end. Yeah. And then Daredevil. Daredevil, he just made really cool. He, from what every, I didn't read his Daredevil run, but from what everyone told me is he made Daredevil interesting. And kind of like saved um, the character, so to speak, from obscurity. And as far as Batman goes, I mean, I feel like he's his comics and graphic novels are the inspiration to like most Batman live action movies, to at least some small degree. One hundred percent. So, I guess before we go too much further, um, we Tej and I are are big old uh, DC animated film fans um love them just just love them most of them and so you know whenever a new batman live action movie comes out there is always something that has been taken from one of these animated films and you only know it if you've watched it or you you read the source material but let's be realistic yeah so so you know full disclosure while the new film just came out i think kyle has seen it correct yeah i have i haven't seen it yet so we won't be spoiling anything However, if you're someone that watches any sort of Batman media, I would assume you probably know the general, you know, gist of what's going on in that movie. And I haven't even seen it. So if you've never heard of Batman in your life and you want to go into this movie spoiler free, I guess you can leave now because I'm sure we'll say something that's in the movie, even unknowingly. Yeah, um, there is... 
only so much to the Batman backstory. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it, it gets rehashed every time. Literally every Batman animated film, there is a scene of his parents being killed. And usually it, that during that time, I'm like, oh, I can go get, I can go refill my water because I think I know how this plays out. But you never know, like, is this, is he going to pull the pearls this time? <laughs> Are they going to put the pearls behind the hammer oh, of the gun? Yeah. It, it, that's the only thing that they leave to, uh, to guesswork, I guess. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Batman's parents are dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think uh, the reason that we decided to choose this one was, um, well, I saw the new Batman. And the new yeah. Batman does take place during the second year of Bruce Wayne being Batman. Spoiler. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry, guys. And um, this this movie, obviously, it's named Batman Year One. So it's so a good it covers... it's a good one to watch. It's a good one to yeah. watch, kind of to complement the newest film. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot to say. I I like this movie a lot. I watched it years ago, and we just after after you mentioned it, I rewatched it again. And man, I can't believe I had forgotten about this movie. Oh, this this movie is hard for me to forget. There are. Um... There are like three movies from my college times where I yeah. watched them just on repeat. It's this, and they're all Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's this, um, Mask of the Phantasm. Good, great one. And uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. That one, I was going to say. That one just not... spoke to me. Oh, God. If it's not Under the Red Hood, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, Dark, the Dark Knight favorites. Returns, part one and two, also fantastic, but they are just longer, so you have to dedicate more time to them. They're also, like, they feel like, and I think, we, you know, we'll go through them at some point um, down the road as well, but those feel like their own self-contained stories, whereas Mask of the Phantasm and Under the Red Hood, while, you know, Under the Red Hood is technically its own little story, um it fits into the rest of the into the rest of the kind of animated batman experience that's been going on for <clears throat> those that 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 late 90s early 2000s time and i think if i remember correctly it, mask of the phantasm is like set within the batman the animated series universe is it not yeah it most definitely is and it was the first of any uh dc animated film to make it into theaters. Really? I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. That was a good movie. Yeah, that, that movie's amazing. But yeah, so we're not here to talk about that movie, though. We're here to talk about Batman no. Year One. And also, a great movie. Um, and little fun fact for you. Um, I'm not sure which, which one it is, but there is someone who reprises a role in this. Um, Bruce Tim reprising his role as Thug Number One. What Bruce Tim? He uh, director know, producer, like, the director Bruce? producer of um, Batman the animated series, like the Godfather, pretty much. Yeah, um, and he's he's thug number one. Yeah, uh, he would do that back in Batman the animated series too. Sometimes he would just fill in for like thug voices. I don't um, think I so, know what his voice sounds like, so I would never have recognized it. I have no idea which thug he is because there are uh-huh. many thugs in every Batman movie, but. Yeah. Uh, according to my research, he was thug number one. So I was like, oh, that's cool, Bruce Tim. 
there's a lot of cool people and interesting people that did the uh, the voice acting in this movie. It, it, it's a lot oh. of big names and a lot of very like interesting names when you when you get down to it. Yeah, that, I mean, it's category in and of itself, which we, we can get into that right now. I mean, yeah. top of the bill has to be uh, Jim Gordon, voiced by mm-hmm. Brian Cranston. Yep, and he he has a pre- like he has a major presence throughout this entire movie. Um, at times, it feels more like a like a James Gordon movie than it does a Batman movie. I, I would say that too, but I guess I would disagree a little bit. It feels like a budding friendship movie between Batman and Jim. Yeah. Gordon. That's why it feels yeah. like it's like, this is how they became partners. <laughs> fair. You know, that's, that's definitely fair. And then the voice of Batman is Ben McKenzie, who interestingly um, played Jim Gordon in the Gotham live action TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Super oh, wow. cool. Not to spoil too much with the new Batman movie, but this movie does something that, it's very traditional, I feel like, of Batman movies where it has um, Batman doing a little bit of narration over top of what's happening. Usually some sort of dark lamentation being like, oh, I have failed this city. The city yeah. bleeds. Uh, you know, Batman things. Um, Crazy person speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and that, that's something I really liked about this movie. Yeah, I, I love it. I love whenever they, they have the crazy Batman overlay and this movie definitely leans in to the uh the oh, crazy yeah. batman he he sounds deranged um, yeah they're um, like he sound there's something wrong with this guy which i mean you would have to be to bat for, to be batman so like i think like for the longest time you don't actually hear his bruce wayne voice um no, for like the longest time in it, you just hear like crazy unhinged Batman voice because that's what he hears in his head. I think the first time you really hear Bruce Wayne voice is when he's pretending to be Playboy Bruce Wayne with a uh, a woman who may or may not have been a woman of the night, um, but he paid her handsomely uh, just to sort of hang around and drink grape juice. Yeah, um, the life. I wish I could live that little life. $5,000 for an hour of drinking grape juice. I know. I do that for free. Sign me up. Yeah. But yeah, so something that's super cool. So I was flipping through my my uh, copy I have here. My prop mm-hmm. is, as I showed you, Batman Year One, the, the graphic novel. And mm-hmm. something that is so cool that I appreciate about this movie a lot is it's almost a frame by frame adaptation Mm -hmm. that you know there are some um graphic novels some movies that have been based on graphic novels that they don't do that they they take their liberties entirely um but i i appreciate them just being like this story was good by itself there's nothing we need to change yeah a lot of them will take like um like the story will be generally the same and they'll take like an iconic image from the from the comic or the graphic novel that everyone easily recognizes and they'll throw that in there just being like a, as an as a pop in but for the most part normally they don't they don't copy the art style and the the frames as closely as this one did yeah what did you think of so they kind of gloss over a lot of the origin 
you know, origin, origin story of the Batman, um, which I appreciated, you know, they don't spend too much time on, um, you know, Bruce Wayne as a person, they kind of just give him like a couple minutes and then immediately, okay, now he's Batman. Um, Yeah. Did you think that was better or worse than what we normally get where it's literally like first half hours is just Bruce Wayne, like training and stuff like that. You know, so um, it's better for sure. It's obviously better. It's just, uh, I think they, they have some liberties that they can take with the animated films, because usually if you're seeking out these films, you've, you have some knowledge on the character already. Whereas I feel like if you're releasing live action to the public, like you kind of have to set them up um, because the the general populace likes to be fed. But like, do you? Who doesn't know who (laughs) Batman is at this point? And honestly, uh, we've we've seen that take be successful largely with uh, the new Spider-Man. They don't dwell on that Mm -hmm. Uncle Ben shit. It's just like, he's Spider-Man now. He's dealt with it. Uncle Ben doesn't even exist in the new Spider-Man. He's just like an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, I think he did die, but like he no, he definitely does. Yeah, no, he definitely does exist, but he's just like yeah. Also, you know, Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah okay. who cares about Uncle Ben? Yeah, look how hot Aunt May is. Like, let's let's focus on that. Yeah, he doesn't even get to deliver the uh, the responsibility line in that universe. No, I I did not like that, but hey, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, um, someone had to. Yeah. Someone had to do it on screen. Yeah, while they were dying. Yeah. Duh. Spoiler um, alert, if you haven't seen No Way Home, if you're the one person in the world that hasn't seen No Way Home yet. Spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to Batman being a crazy psychopath in this movie, because that's um, something that I wrote down. Because there's this uh, question, I feel like, in real comic book nerds that they like, the almost philosophical um comic book question of you know does batman create the villains or does is he just a response to them but i think this movie is a clear answer to batman creates his fucking villains because yeah gotham is just like a normal crime-ridden corrupt city and then batman enters the picture and then we see selena kyle learn from him and be like oh maybe i'm gonna start dressing up and change my line of work yeah. And then by the end of the movie, someone's dressing up like a clown and poisoning the, the city water supply. Yeah, it depends. I think it largely depends on like every Batman story um, usually is, has its own kind of take on the whole origin story. But it really depends on if other superheroes kind of exist in the world or have. Um, because like if, if you're if you're watching the show Gotham, then all those supervillains existed way before Batman. But if you're watching, say, like the Christopher Nolan trilogy, um, I think they even say it at one point, like the criminal element of Gotham is changing in response to Batman's appearance. Like he created the Batman persona to strike fear into um, the average criminal on the street. So the average criminal on the street decided to basically do the same thing. And that's how we get all these all these crazy weirdos that are just running around. Yeah, and I, I prefer that look. So I'm a big Batman nerd. And I also love the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. But when dealing with solo Batman stories, I like to just think of Gotham as a very isolated place. 
mm-hmm. guess. Um, especially you don't with like a lot it's... of these stories, because because otherwise some things don't make sense. It was just like Batman, just call him Superman. Like your 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 problems would be fine. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like like in I think it was like Batman v Superman where Metropolis was like across the river or something. No, or something crazy like that. You don't no, like I, that? I, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, rub me the wrong way. <laughs> I saw I saw some explanations of why people were like, oh, it could make sense, but I was like, but it's dumb. Like, but like I think there's a lot of there's a lot of ability even in shared universes like mainstream comics where it makes sense why Batman's not calling in reinforcements or the other big superheroes because he feels like he knows how to handle his brand of villains. 100%. Uh, Justice League Justice League, uh, and Justice League Unlimited, probably mention them some more times, but uh, they, they do a great job of being like, of showing that Batman has some psychological issues and some problems with like uh, relinquishing control over some situations. Yeah, and there's a lot of, <laughs> I, there, there's a lot of uh, animated movies where that does happen, like the Justice League's trying to like team up or whatever. And they're like, well, let's go get Batman. And he's in the midst of catching, like, you know, Mr. Freeze or somebody. Um, and then, like, the Flash will help out. Be like, hey, got you, got him for you. And Batman's just, like, pissed about it. Like, I yeah. didn't need your help. I didn't need your help. That was three weeks of reconnaissance work. <laughs> yeah, like, thanks. Thanks yeah. for waste. Thanks for all that wasted time now. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a plan. There goes that. But this one doesn't have to bother with that because it's it's only Batman. Like even the cops are really helpful, which is a good is a good part of Batman stories that I think are now getting like, and I don't know if this is the case in the new movie, but I think people are forgetting that Batman is also struggling with a very, very corrupt police force. And that's one of the main reasons that he was you know, having to do what he did because he could trust people to go by the normal channels. Um, let's just say the new one might dip their toes in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that like I, I've listened to some podcasts recently about back uh, Chicago back in the day when it was like mad corrupt, like the judges, the police, the lawyers, everyone was corrupt, which, you know, Gotham is based on uh, Chicago. So uh, watching this, I was just like, yeah, it's like every single layer is just dirty money. Um, And when when you do see the new one, Tiege, and when all of you see the new one, um, I think it'll take you back to the the Batman roots of him being more of a detective and more of a dude who's just trying to clean up his city because it's gotten real dirty. Yeah, the one thing I always worry about um, and this movie, it, it doesn't work as well in live action as it does in animated movies, because in animated movies, just like in comics, a dude running around in a bat costume, it doesn't make sense, but it, you can understand it. Whereas in a live action movie, you, you'd just be very, very confused. At no point would you be like, yeah, this is the guy to root for. You'd be like, this guy needs this guy needs help and somebody needs to take him down. Even, even like the morally good part, they'd be like, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. That's yeah. insane. And whenever uh, there is a story that deals with like um, when Batman was first operating, they usually touch on it, but it's usually for like 
one line, like one throwaway yeah. line, just like, oh, the crazy guy in a bad outfit. Oh, he's crazy. Something like that. It's a very throwaway line all the time. People accept it way too quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a month goes by and it's like, so and Batman's part of the city now. He's a staple. Yeah, and there's al- <laughs> there's almost always a scene where Batman is just out doing Batman stuff like in broad daylight. And you're just like, that's just, that's weird. Dark Knight yeah. Rises did that during like the climactic final battle. And you're like, this looks stupid. Batman looks, Batman looks hella dumb standing in the middle of the street it defeats the entire purpose and that is something that they take from the comic book in this movie that they handle well um there's a scene towards the end of this movie where um bruce wayne's heading out and alfred always with the the fucking jabs is like shall i fetch fetch your tights uh and he's like never in the daylight alfred so he goes out as bruce wayne to go do some shit some batman shit hell yeah because it doesn't it would you yeah it would conspicuous it it defeats the whole the whole point because it's like batman he's dressed in all black and then he comes out of the shadows like everyone's gonna see you coming my way dog which is why there's a scene in this movie where um bruce wayne has to do batman stuff but it's not like the dead of night so he's just dressed up as bruce wayne and he's you know he's doing parkour and all this stuff and you're just like yeah you know what it's weird to see just a normal guy running around like climbing up on buildings and stuff like that but like people will ignore him in a big city if if they're busy enough they're like yeah whatever just another crazy dude if you were to see a big guy in a cape with wearing a bat costume everyone would be paying attention there was no way he could do anything <laughs> crowds 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 <laughs> yeah, immediately um, um this movie this movie does a good job of being like no 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 batman has rules and he has to follow them yes because it, it doesn't work otherwise and you know it, it just leans so hard to bruce wayne being crazy because like he has this stringent rule system but the rule system is obviously nuts um, yeah. But uh, there's this one specific scene where, like, he had first gone out to try to be bat to try to do Batman things, but he mm-hmm. wasn't Batman yet, and so he just yeah. like he put a giant scar on his face, a fake scar, and he's like, "All I need is one distracting feature, and no one will recognize me." I was like, "I don't know if that's how it works, but that's fine." <laughs> like, hey, it, work- it works, works for Superman, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, <laughs> fucking glasses. Um, yeah, so. He, he goes out into the bad part of town with a scar on, gets into a fight with a pimp, and then cops show up, and he ends up getting shot. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Uh, he's, like, just staring there, and the cop just shoots him. And the other cop's like, oh, you didn't have to do that? And he's like, oh, yeah. he was he was going to move. <laughs> the, the other corrupt cop was like, dog, you didn't yeah. have to kill, you didn't have to shoot this guy. <laughs> yeah. But like suffice to say, he crashes the car with the cops, saves the cops from an exploding car because he's Batman. And uh, well, not yet. And then he goes back home and he's just bleeding out, just dying, looking at a bust of his father, um, a statue. And he's just like talking to it. He's like, tell me what to do, father. Yeah. I could I could ring for Alfred and he would save my life. Another of your gifts. Uh, and he's just lamenting, dying. And then all of a sudden a bat breaks through the glass window and lands on the statue and that is how our dude becomes batman 
And I think that's a that's a scene that's used. Is like is this where that comes from the very first time? Because I've seen that scene in many other Batman things. Uh, I I think so. Like in one of the other Batman I've seen it in, it was freaking Dark Knight Returns, also by Frank Miller. I I feel like I I saw it in, if not the animated show, um, Batman Begins maybe during a flashback, or not mm. Batman Begins, uh, Batman Beyond during a flashback. Yeah, 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 Batman Beyond. I, I knew what you meant. Um, um, I think I think you might be right. Batman I don't know. Beyond, that's I, a great show. Yeah, oh, I love that show. <laughs> um, but no, it's a, it's a it's a great scene if you don't think about physics which you have to do during these things because that bat broke not only the glass but you it pans over to the glass and like the the steel or at least i'm assuming steel like window panes are all like ripped apart and you're like okay what it's a very strong bat that just wanted to break through that window yeah this is he had a message this is this is how you like they softly introduced man bat and they just didn't want to tell us yet (laughs) or alternatively maybe it didn't even happen that that happened that's a that's a theory a lot for that scene of that i've seen on the internet of like maybe batman's just hallucinating that whole experience yeah like we know batman is not well dude (laughs) you even without listening to his voice his mannerisms when no one else is watching he is not doing well. No, I mean, okay, guy. Borderline sociopath. Like he, he changes. His, he's uh he changes his personality on the drop of a hat, depending on whoever's around. Yeah. Um, and I know that's like part of the job, part of the Batman, but you know, he's still like a dude underneath the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of Batman movies kind of touch on this, depending on who the villain is. Of like. Well, the only difference between you and me, Batman, is that I decided to commit crimes. And like you decided not to commit crimes, um, but we're both equally crazy. And this movie leans into that hard of this guy is unhinged. Um, what he needs is therapy, but what he's doing is beating up bad guys. Yeah, and there's, um, there's, a, there's a scene where he first goes out as Batman and he just fucks it up. He just, he's trying to stop these guys from robbing, uh, stealing a TV from an apartment and he almost drops one out of the window. Yeah. While, I love this scene, while he's holding that the dude who's presumably like these guys' co-worker or friend or partner, while Mm -hmm. he's holding this guy so that he doesn't die, the other two robbers start beating the shit out of Batman. (laughs) <laughs> while he's holding on to this guy and he's like yeah. you let's go your friend is dead <laughs> like, okay. i don't know uh, that scene always made me laugh every time yeah. <laughs> and and he's all like every time he's having an actual confrontation with any of the villains or any other cops he's actually gets hurt pretty severely most of the time like he has an he has an interaction with some cops which you know he ultimately wins but they shoot him a bunch of times. His suit is not bulletproof at this point. He gets he gets as good as he gives sometimes. And I like I like a story where the superhero is starting out and he doesn't have it together yet. Like he's he's getting he's getting his shit pushed in. 
he's getting hurt and he's like, okay, I got to figure out not like how to not do it that way. Cause well, I feel like too many, too many origin story shows or movies have like that. They'll always have that scene of like this person created their own little stupid costume. That's not the official costume yet. They go out and then like things go wrong, but then like the very next time they do it, they've got it. In this Batman, even by the end of the movie, Batman's still not really, no, he's still not really got it together. That's why it's year one. Yeah, once you once everyone goes to see the new Batman, you'll see he may he may not even have it together by year two. It may take yeah. some time. It takes some time to be a good Batman. It does. It does. You do, it, that doesn't come up overnight. No. Um, um, so, and you know another great thing that this does and the new one does is uh, the back to the basics Batman being what as Raish Al Ghul would refer to him a detective mm-hmm. um, which is my favorite part of Batman it's always been my favorite part of Batman the way like when he solves things also you know him torturing slash interrogating people love that shit uh, so I, I love that I love how it gets um, back to that because I feel like a lot of Batman even some of the animated movies have leaned too far into Batman being a god man instead of just yeah, like just, a detective crazy dude. Yeah, just super action hero with like too many of them lean into just Batman being like kind of like just Iron Man, you know what I mean? Just a strong Iron Man where he's just he just has a lot of super cool technology and he's just beating up people all the time and that's how he solves all of his problems. Whereas if you read the comics I mean, you'll go long, long scenes of the comics where Batman doesn't even see anybody. He's just walking around, collecting clues. And having a, an internal monologue. Yeah. That's talking it. to himself. <laughs> um, that's a, that is an integral, in, in my opinion, most Batman comics I've read, that is an integral part of, of the whole Batman experience of, he talks to himself a lot. Um, yeah. Because that's he's how he like figures stuff out. Friend, except for Alfred. It's pretty clear, yeah. It's pretty clear that Alfred is like number two, but Batman does not really have other people that he that he cares about. He kind of views everyone as kind of like a a tool in his crusade. Um, and a lot of Batman stories kind of that's one of the main conflicts when there's other characters of, you know, you're crazy, man, and I'm not crazy. So stop trying to stop trying to make me that way and that's how you know his relationship with his robins oftentimes deteriorates why he's never had a successful romance story that's lasted more than a couple runs i mean it's always like he's trying to use the robin to humanize himself and it's like or you could just have a relationship and not turn them into soldiers yeah yeah (laughs) every every robin almost always ends up being a like i'm gonna try to take this kid who had a similar experience to me and I'm going to make him do it right. You know what I mean? But it always, almost always ends up with, I'm just going to be an absentee. I'm going to be an absentee father figure who's just constantly like training you to be a, to be a weapon. Um, And some, some, you know, some of the movies, some of the comics veer away from that, but I think by and large, most kind of paint Batman is kind of this this crazy loner 
that has a lot of people that care about him, but he cannot express that. Yeah. Um, I think um, a really good scene that shows as in the uh, Return of the Joker, the uh, Batman Beyond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even as an old, decrepit man, like he still has tr- trouble showing his feelings, but like at least by that point, like he's able to talk to um, to Tim, Tim to, oh, to Tim. Tim. Yeah, I think it's Tim Drake. Um, they spent like sixty years not talking to each other because Bruce is a hard-headed bastard. Yeah, he he'll, he'll he drops people out of his life so quickly, and it's it's a polarizing element of him because you'll see like Nightwing and the various other Robins, like even though they grew up in a similar situation, they turned out relatively fine, except for Jason Todd. They turned out relatively fine (laughs) and they struggle with like, what is my relationship with this crazy man who I love as a father figure, but mm -mm, he is, he has one goal and it is to rid Gotham of crime, which is a, a goal that can literally never be achieved. Yeah, let's let's just say that Dick Grayson watched his parents die in a horrible trapeze accident, but when he goes to therapy, he talks about Bruce Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not it's the biggest bad. issue in his life. <laughs> and I, I like that about this movie because way too many movies gloss over that Batman is crazy. Like the Nolan trilogy, I love those movies. Um, Even though by the third one, it kind of peters out a little bit. But in those movies, Batman's just like, I mean, he's normal dude. You know what I mean? Like you could hang out with, you could easily hang out with Batman in in those movies. Yeah, with that uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, Not even that Bruce Wayne, that, like, you know what I mean? Like not even the persona that he puts on, the real person that's underneath that. Yeah, that is not like that is a sociable person that you could that you could probably get along with. Whereas a lot of comics, Bruce Wayne, like the actual person, like you would not want to hang out with that guy. He would not only would be he be insufferable. I think he would just be terrified the whole time. Like is this guy going to murder me. He would he would just talk about how he's not going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. He, he would just assure you the whole time that he will not murder you. He will not yeah. let you leave. Yeah. <laughs> you will be safe with him. Yeah. But this movie, this movie is like, no, Batman is crazy. He doesn't have it together. Maybe he'll get it together later. But right now, like you jaywalk on the wrong part of Gotham. It's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like any crime. Yeah. I love those memes. Kind of like a vigilante from from Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I think I don't I don't know if it to be true because I really don't know much about vigilante, but I I feel like vigilante is a is a Batman parody. He has to be right. Like he he just takes everything to the most extreme. It's either that or he's just a Deadpool ripoff, but I don't know. I don't know much about Vigilante, so I can't. I can't. And honestly, uh, Marvel and DC, they spent so many years just like copying off each other. It's hard to know where one character began. <laughs> well, some some of them are very clear. Well, some so yes, them, yeah, some of them are yeah. clear. Superman's clear. Shazam is clear. Batman's clear. Spider-Man's clear. But like there are some. There are some. That... No, 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 no. I mean, like some <laughs> of them are clear that they ripped them off. Oh. Like yes. Aquaman <laughs> uh, and Namor 
Deadpool Aquaman was I'm almost positive was ripped off from Namor. I think Namor came first. I'm pretty um, sure they they took Deadpool from Deathstroke, but they did make Deadpool different enough to because like the the, the outfits are almost the same in the names. It's just it's a different color scheme. That's about it. But yeah. they have they have kind of different powers because Deathstroke also has a healing factor. Oh, I didn't know that Deathstroke had a healing factor too. In a lot of in a lot of um, Deathstroke comics, he is he basically has like the DC equivalent of the Super Soldier Serum from Marvel. Gotcha. Um, so he's he, he's that. You know what I mean? That's why he's able to deal with like other superheroes. He's not he he's not you know just a normal guy. Um, gotcha. But sometimes he is. Sometimes he is. I, I do like those versions. And then you have, then you have, um, you know, all the Superman ripoffs, like all of them. He, it's it's like a cool thing now to make your own Superman ripoff, um, uh, and they do they did I, that a little bit with Batman. I shouldn't say this, but I don't think this guy is ever going to listen to this podcast. So I'm going to say it. I, I met a dude at a party once, not and in college. I yeah. met him up in uh, the Bay Area, but um, mm-hmm. random dude. And he started telling me one night of his story for a book. And it's pretty much the exact origin story of Superman, except Superman is black now. And I was like, I was like, I think they already have a black Superman. They have multiple black Supermans. They have they have multiple black Supermans, and there's like technically a mainstream black Superman that like operates at the same time as normal Superman steel oh yeah oh no yeah steel um he was in the the rise of the superman yeah did you know that that was did you know that that was a live action movie where Shaq played him what Shaq, the basketball player yes you know he had a brief he briefly had a film career where he was like a genie at one point yeah he also played steel which is a character i mean i don't know if they had the rights to it because I don't remember that movie much, but Steel is basically um, a character whose entire thing is he was inspired by Superman, created a super like you know a super high tech suit with a big hammer, and decided to just do what Superman does on his own. Yeah, and that was Shaq. Huh. So I look forward to seeing Shaquille O'Neal's cameo. In the Flashpoint movie. <laughs> yeah, Shaquille showing up with a hammer. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be so cool. No one would understand why he's there. Because I don't think <laughs> so anyone <hard>. saw Steel. <laughs> but like, I would love it. I'd be like, oh my God, it's Steel. <laughs> be like the scene from the, uh, the, the new Space Jam. Yeah. Where all, where all the characters show. <laughs> Iron Giants all the there. All the warriors. Oh, um, warriors. Um, so uh, in this movie, what do you say is the, your most hype part? Like the part that you really loved about it? This might, this might be crazy sounding, but I think, I mean, I love the Batman scenes, but in my opinion, Jim Gordon kind of steals the show. And that might be because he's voiced by Brian Cranston. Nothing against Ben McKenzie, but like Brian Cranston just has a, just has a presence um, that comes with his voice. And there's a scene after Jim Gordon gets 
jumped by a bunch of other corrupt policemen who then also like threatened his family where he follows, and I don't remember the cop's name. Flask. Um, Flask? Not Flask, F-L-A-S-S. Flask, okay. He He follows him to like a party that he's at and then just like tails him, runs him off the road, and then like beats the act like the absolute shit out of him and then leaves him like tied up butt ass naked and he's like he's never gonna say shit because he's too proud like he's not gonna admit that i alone beat the absolute shit out of him and that's like solves half of jim gordon's problems and i love that scene i yeah i love that scene too yeah there's not enough there's not enough media where jim gordon is shown to be the badass that he's supposed to be yeah and um i feel like in a lot of the things once he becomes commissioner once he's gray he like i don't know he, he most mostly he's just lighting the bat signal those days yeah um but seeing this young jim gordon uh it's great to see him kick ass and uh there's there's a nice parallel uh there are two scenes that parallel each other in this movie in the beginning when he's heading to go kick the the shit out of that police officer um yeah. there's a car driving on the wrong side of the road towards him and that is bruce wayne bleeding out almost dead on his way to his mansion i did not make that connection i i was just so confused because i was like man that they just kind of they never talked about that car yeah I didn't, no. I didn't pick that up wow yeah so that that was bruce wayne heading home after being you know shot and bleeding a lot yeah um and then later in the movie, um, at the very end, Gordon is heading out to go to work and a maniac on a motorcycle like almost hits him on the wrong side of the road. Um, and that motorcycle pulls into his apartment complex. That motorcycle was Bruce Wayne because he knew that his, uh, his that Jim Gordon's baby was being kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. How did he know that? Oh, he figured it out. He was like, kidnapping. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> a very bad he's a solution. Because he's a detective. Yeah, obviously. he's a detective. He was like, obviously, they're going to kidnap him at this exact time. Yeah. This movie, when you know that this movie inspired so many of the live action movies, like, it's easy to see, like, where they got a lot of the things from. Oh yeah, uh, the the solar thing. Um, I I always point that out whenever I, whenever I see uh, Batman Begins, the the part where he pulls that that device out of his boot that yeah um, calls all the bats, then he's bats, able to yeah. hide in a cloud of bats directly from this story. And it's so cool, and it's, it's like so cool. I don't think they ever use it again. Like they almost ne- that's not almost never like brought back up. Like that Batman has bat summoning technology. It's just like he used it once. And then he gets over it. Well, the thing is, like, he used it once, but he used it in his first year where he was still, he was still being criticized a lot and the public was scared of him. And yeah. then he uses it in this epic moment. And then he, he becomes a myth. But, like, in that moment, all these bats all of a sudden are summoned and he escapes in a cloud of bats. Are you kidding? And, like, the public is watching this on the news. Yeah. So I, in that I, moment is when he, like, he turns from just a, a maniac into, like, a superhero yeah there's a there's a fine line that i think a lot of batman media goes of where he starts off um as like just a this mythological figure that no one really believes is real 
to just being a standard like fixture of Gotham or, to the point where he seems like mundane. And I think that's when Batman gets boring. When he, when people accept that, you know, Batman's just out there doing stuff. Like it's just like, it's just appreciated rather than being like afraid that Batman's going to show up. Like every criminal's like, yeah, no, Batman's going to be here. Yeah. Let's take care of it. Yeah. And, but you know, at the same time, it's not exactly true. Um, Batman, the animated series that takes place like in the middle of his career and people are pretty much expecting Batman to show up for plenty of things in that, but they still find a way yeah. to make that exciting. But I will agree that my favorite stories having to do with Batman either have to do with Batman after he's been retired, Batman yeah. when he's first starting. Those are mostly it. And Batman the Long Halloween, which is like neither of those things, but that's just a really good detective story. That is a really, really long movie. Um, two-parter. Two-parter movie that you feel like at times you're like, man, this is dragging, but every everything that happens is relevant to the story. And I mean... There's a, there's only a nut like there's plenty of good Batman comics and moving graphic novels, but there's like five that are always going to be relevant. Um, year one, Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, um, the Killing Death joke. in the. I was going to say the Killing Joke and then Death in the Family. Yeah. Those are those are the the fodder that Hollywood uses to make its Batman movies. So. If you're ever wondering, like, where did this, where did this come from? Where did this scene kind of like get its inspiration when you're watching a Batman movie? Read any one of those five comics, and you'll probably find the answer. Fun fact: um, So I, I started off just buying comic books. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Batman Long Halloween was the first graphic novel, like you know, compiled graphic novel that I ever read because it was in my high school library. Wow. Yeah, so I, think um, mine I, actually, mouse. I have two copies of it because I let someone borrow it and I thought they had lost it, but they didn't. Oh, yeah. Fun I, think mine was, <laughs> I think mine was mouse, completely different experience. Oh, that was like, that was probably my second or third one. That was also in the high school library. <laughs> That's where I found mine. I was like, yeah. what is this? What are these? Yeah. Why, why does this book have a swastika with some, some mice on it? <laughs> yeah, why are, why are there Nazi cats on this? Like, what's yeah. going on? You have to pick it up. Yeah, uh, and so you should be so happy that you did. Just a fucking magnificent piece of work. That that should uh, would it cheapen it if it became a movie? Yeah, it I would. Think so it would cheapen it. I, I like right. I, in in the same way that like the book 1984 is a good book, but the movies for 1984 are for, so forgettable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just because it's good doesn't mean that it would be better as a movie. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, so overall, great Batman movie. I, I think uh, we're definitely going to be watching some more Batman because, like, oh, there's so sure. much we could dive into with Batman. We this entire podcast could be a Batman podcast if we wanted it to be, but we don't. We don't want it to be. We'd have so much. We'd have so many movies to watch. Like, if you have HBO Max, they have their own category of just Batman movies. Yeah, there's just so many of them, and most of them are pretty good. Some of them are kind of eh, but yeah, most um, of them are solid. I actually, so I, I signed up for the 
the subscription service for DC. I think this was uh, four, four or five years ago now. Uh, DC yeah. tried to create like a streaming service like Netflix, where it was just yeah. DC content. That's where Harley Quinn was being dropped, Doom Patrol, a whole bunch of good stuff uh, was exclusive to there. But it failed miserably and was bought out by HBO. So now all of that stuff is available on HBO Max. And that is where both of us probably watched this movie. Yep, that is where I watched it. Yeah, I have the DVD, um, but I forgot that um, one of the dogs chewed on the DVD wire and uh, I need to replace that. So <laughs> straight, straight to the pound. Yeah, <laughs> we always tell them that our dogs were found wandering on an almond farm. We always tell them we're going to take them back to the almond farm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this has been another episode of That Cartoon Podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what we have going on, please subscribe to our channel. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at That Cartoon Podcast. Here, you'll be able to get all updates and episode insights. If you have any film suggestions, let us know on any of these platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.